Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I died, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of hell and death. Because I live, you also shall live. We have gathered here today to praise God and to witness our faith as we celebrate the life of Florence Tuber. We come together to acknowledge God's grace in our lives and to acknowledge our grief at this time of human loss. During this time together, may God search each of our hearts that in pain we may find comfort, in sorrow, hope, in death, resurrection. O God of life, as we have learned to do in all of our experiences, we come to you now in the hour of death. We know that you love us and that you can turn even the shadow of death into the light of morning. Help us now to wait before you with reverent and submissive hearts. Make this a time of opening our eyes and of our understanding and a time of encouragement to our hearts and our souls. Help us to see you more clearly and to know your wondrous love to us in Jesus Christ, the one whose love is evident in his humble birth, in his faithful life, in his loving death, in his unparalleled resurrection and in his triumphant reappearing. And the one in whose name we pray. Amen. Please join me in singing hymn number 269, Amazing Grace. Grace. 
the word of the Lord, selected verses from Psalm 73. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. I tried to understand all this. It troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. It is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you for the honor of sharing about Florence. One of the first things that struck me when I met Florence was that she was a woman who was passionate about life. She had that twinkle of fun and joy in her eyes. She loved others, and she was passionate about sharing that love with them. She always cared about people and how they were doing. Even towards the end of her life, whenever I went to see her, she would always ask me, how is this person? How is that person? I've been thinking about them and praying for them. She was passionate about serving and helping others through her cooking and baking, especially her apple pies, by going to visit others, by sending cards of encouragement 
by working faithfully and almost daily in the church library. She was passionate about reading and wanted others to discover the joy in reading as she had. For several years, she also helped out in the church office when needed, answering the phones, greeting and assisting people as they came into the church. She was always ready to serve wherever and however she could. There were so many things Florence was passionate about in life, but I believe her two greatest passions were for her family and for her Lord. Florence deeply loved you, her family. She would often tell stories about each one of you. She was always so proud of each of you. She would talk about the accomplishments of her children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. She shared with me about all the family did to so lovingly care for her and how much she appreciated that. She was so grateful for each one of you. But first and foremost, Florence loved God. She continually wanted to learn more about God and his word. She often spoke about her personal relationship with him. I believe it was out of her relationship with God that her passion for life and her passions in life flowed. She also often spoke about how faithful God was to her and to her family through the good times and through the difficult times. The joy of knowing God and his presence with her is what sustained her in and through this life. What a blessing and comfort it is to know that she is now with Jesus, her Lord and Savior. some selected verses from the 14th chapter of John's gospel. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. But I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. As we've said many times before, when we come to this place for such a reason as we come today, it's a it's a bittersweet moment. 
You've watched Florence go through many difficult experiences over the past few years. You've watched her struggle and deal with pain. And remembering all of that, there is a sense in which this day is one of celebration because now she's free from her labors, from the pain and the struggles, and she's resting in Jesus. At the same time, it's a day of grief and loss. Your love for her, her love for you, her personality, her smile, her presence. I know they're ups and downs. I mean, that's the nature of family. But at the heart of your relationship was love. And today we come to acknowledge that, that your mother, your grandmother, your sister, your friend is no longer with us. It's a day of varied emotions. And it's also a day of varied purposes. We come today to honor Florence's life, to celebrate her life, to remember her life, to give thanks for her life. And it's a good thing for us to do that. We need to do that. Memories are one of God's greatest gifts to us. And during this this day and throughout the the rest of this day and in the, the weeks and months and even the years to come, you will continue to remember And in those memories, give thanks and find that to be one of God's great blessings to you. But ultimately, this is really a day to focus our attention on God. Every time we gather in this place, it is ultimately about focusing our attention on God. And in doing so, we often find that we experience God in the deepest ways through his word. And today I want to turn our attention back to Psalm 73. Psalm 73 is a litany of the struggle of a follower of God. Asaph is Israel's primary worship leader, and he has a heart for God. He writes about his heart for God, but he also writes about the difficulties of his life and his struggle to figure out his way through those difficulties. And so Asaph pours out his heart to God in this psalm. He is honest about his pain. He is honest about his grief and his burden. He's honest about his uncertainty, about what life is bringing. But as the psalm draws to a close, his attitude changes. His attitude changes because his focus changes. It's not that he was wrong about being honest with God. Not at all. It's not that he's denying his pain and his struggle. That's important to do. It's that now he sees things differently. All of a sudden, he has, he's gotten a renewed vision of God. And so beginning in verse 23, he writes, You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you take me into glory. Who am I I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. As for me, it is good to be near God. It's not difficult to see why these words have become so precious to this family and to God's people through the ages. Asaph is declaring to himself and to us That God is present, that God is good, that God is faithful, and we can trust him. We can trust him when life is exactly as we want it to be, 
And when it is anything but that. We can trust him when the experiences of life fill our hearts with joy and when those experiences seem to fill us with despair. We can trust him when all of our relationships are working in sync and when they seem to be falling apart at the seams. We can trust him when people support us and care for us and when it seems that they have done nothing but disappoint us and desert us. We can trust him in life and we can trust him in death. And Asaph says that we can trust God because despite whatever is happening, despite whatever we feel, despite whatever our struggle, God is present and he is good and he is faithful. And he will never be anything else. But sometimes, like Asaph, we struggle to see that, particularly in some of the most difficult experiences of life, not unlike what we face today. Recently, I came across something from the 19th century philosopher, Søren Kierkegaard. And he said that life can only be understood backwards. Life can only be understood backwards. We, we live our lives forward, but we can really only understand them backward. And I've been thinking about that. And I think that what he means is that you can live in the present only when you're confident about the future. Asaph says, you will take me into glory. You are my portion forever. And this is the hope that we trust today for Florence. And this is the hope we trust for our own lives as well. We can trust God now because we are confident of his promises coming true then. You get a sense in what Asaph is doing here is that he, as he's declaring what years later the Apostle Paul will declare, that God's will for us is always good, pleasing, and perfect. Asaph is declaring what the Apostle John declares, that God's eternal kingdom is about love and about bringing us to himself in order for us to experience the fullness of his love. Asaph is really declaring what the entire New Testament declares. Because Jesus is risen from the dead, he has conquered our greatest enemy. And in this eternal victory, we have eternal life. It's because we know what God has promised for that day, we have hope on this day. As Cindy mentioned, Florence loved reading. She loved books. As she said, she would often share those with us, particularly on those days when she would be filling in at the office and sitting there, often reading a book while she waited for the phone to ring. And we would talk at different times about the books she was reading and, and the things that she, was, that she loved about them. But also, it was clear that she loved books, as Cindy said, from her time in the library. I can't begin to count the hours that she and others donated in our church library. Logging in new books, returning books to the shelves, keeping all the records straight, every so so often gently nudging one of us because our books were way, way overdue. (laughs) She, She loved those books. 
And that got me thinking about how we read books, particularly books that are suspenseful. I've found that there are times when a writer is so good and I'm so engaged in the story that all of the characters come to life. You probably have had that experience. And there are moments in the story that what the characters are going through, maybe it's a threat they're facing or, or maybe it's just the intensity of their life's experiences or, or I'm concerned about their survival. There have been a couple of times when I've been so engaged in the story and it's become so suspenseful and I can feel my heart racing as I'm reading it that I've actually gone to the back of the book to see how it ends. I want to I see, does this hero that I've engaged myself with make it through? Now, obviously, that, um, that can uh, ruin some of the suspense of what you're reading. But it also allows you to go back to the story and to read it with a sense of calm and confidence. I think that's what Asaph is describing and really what all of Scripture is describing. When we know how it all ends, it changes how we live. It doesn't necessarily change our circumstances. It doesn't necessarily relieve the pain or cause our grief to magically disappear. But it gives us a context in which to face today and the days to come and every day. When we know how it ends, we know that for those who are in Christ, death is not the end, but the passageway to a life of fullness with Christ. I think that changed how Florence lived. It changes how we're called to live. Instead of living our lives in fear, we can live in joyful hope. Instead of living our lives selfishly, we can live lives of service and and love. Instead of, of living in shame and guilt, we can live in the freedom of life in Christ who gives himself for all of us. So let me encourage you to grieve today. To grieve the loss and the pain of death. To grieve the loneliness and that that vacant space that death has caused. To grieve the pain of love and life together. To feel that and to embrace that. But also let me encourage you to give thanks. To give thanks for Florence and and her life well lived in Jesus. To give thanks for the cross and the forgiveness and freedom that is ours in Jesus. To give thanks for the resurrection and the reality of eternal life, hers, yours, ours. And to give thanks that God loves you and he's with you and he's good and faithful and you can trust him. Eternal God, we thank you for Florence, for all the good things with which you blessed her life, things that have made each of our lives richer as well. We thank you for love given, for love received, for defeats mastered and tasks well done, for faithful friendships. Most of all, for your grace that was at work in her. 
which we also see at work in us. Keep our hearts tender to these memories. Because we know that you're the God of love and mercy, faithfulness. We pray that you will grant us the help of your spirit in the days to come. Especially uphold those who will most keenly feel the pain of this death, of this parting. Heal their sorrow. Free them from burdens and worries. Strengthen the love that binds them to one another. And help them, help all of us to discern the meaning of our lives that we might trust you more and more every day. Bless us with godly hearts and a solid faith in you that will enable us to make of everything temporal a path that leads to the celebration of life eternal. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.